0: My name is Linda Laurel, and I'm asking you to have the courage to listen with an open mind to all of our voices, because our voices matter. Hi, everybody. It's Linda Laurel. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of Our Voices Matter. I hope you're ready to have some fun, because I've got a really fun conversation with my guests today. They are known as the Dumpling Dudes. I'm talking about Chi Lin and Mike Dorsey, two engineers from Houston who one day decided to quit their jobs in the oil and gas industry and start a dumpling business. I know it sounds a little bit strange and out of the ordinary, but it is working for them. They are coming off of a great year despite all of the challenges of 2020, and they are just on fire to move into 2021 and... Continue to uh, run their business and share their story because the story of Dumpling Dudes is all about food, story, and connection. So please enjoy. So, Michael and Chi, it is so great to have you on our Voices Matter podcast. Happy New Year to both of you.
1: Happy New Year. You. Happy New Year. Thanks for having us.
0: Of course, of course. Um, excited to talk to both of you and learn more about your your backstories and all about the the dumpling dudes. So, um, I, like everybody in twenty what twenty twenty. You had to pivot, um, and so how was the year for you guys on on a business on a business level? Well,
1: that's your area.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 2020 has been actually pretty good for us. Uh, at the beginning, it was a little scary. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. uh, seven or eight events lined up in March and April. And then on the day that when the rodeo shut down, we got a tax mm-hmm. as well. So we are like, wow, this is very, very bad. We got to make sure we keep everybody safe. So we mm-hmm. shut everything down. And then uh, at the time, we were very scared. We like, I remember we just walk out the kitchen. We both sit on the side of the kitchen. And we're like, okay, we're getting shot down. Uh, there, there, there was a month we supposed to went from the red to black uh, financially. But I was mm. getting shot down, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna survive? Like, are we just gonna close down for now and wait, wait until this happened? And then that kind of triggered us to have to, to pivot and then to actually sell frozen dumplings, which we did yeah. uh, doing initially with our business model. And then, but with that, we started frozen dumpling. The beginning is just our like, friends and family, some real strong buying dumplings, mm-hmm. yeah. and then the word got out, and then uh, Houston-like uh, actually they kind of got us on their uh, station again. And then, uh, and then the, and people just started supporting us, and then the good thing is people actually do love the dumpling. <laughs>
0: Uh, Yeah, so that's 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 totally awesome that that you've got so much traction going on in the community now. So, Mike, tell me a a little bit about how the two of you met. So you guys are married now. And um, you've been together for many years. So what what is the backstory of how the dumpling dudes met?
1: (laughs) Uh, Okay, so actually tomorrow is our wedding anniversary. It'll be two years married. Two years. Yeah, two years
0: married. Wow, happy anniversary. Thank you.
1: It'll be two years married and 14 together. So we've been together since 2007. Um, We actually met on a website um, back in the day. We we met online, and we, we didn't live in the same city. So I lived in Austin and was working in construction at the time, home remodeling, and I was getting ready to go back to school for an engineering degree. So I was working on that at Austin Community College. Was working on transferring to ut then i met this guy and um we started talking online and he lived in college station and he was working as an engineer out there and so we started talking and then um he said hey i'm moving back to austin let's grab a cup of coffee so we met at mozart's coffee which was our both of our favorite places before we even got together and so that's where we had our first date and really that first date was more like okay i hope this is the person i've been talking to online for three or four months like, <laughs> And once we met each other and and got to know each other a little bit, um, it's it's been 14 years now. So it's just been wow. <laughs> so
0: two engineers, and you decided to leave your careers in oil and gas and start Dumpling Dudes. Mm-hmm. So that must have been a, a huge leap of faith. Um, and I know that um, she the the dumpling recipe comes from your grandmother, right? So. Tell us a little bit about your backstory. You, I know you were born in Taiwan, correct? Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your connection to where you were born and, and your grandmother's recipe for the dumplings that you guys have turned into this flourishing business.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was born in Taiwan and then uh, my family moved here to Houston, uh, to the woodlands when I was 15. And um, at the time, my grandma still lived in Taiwan. And uh, but all her child they'll live in the US, so a couple years later she actually eventually moved into our house in the woodlands. And uh, my mom also, also like, gave her the master bedroom so my grandma and grandpa can stay downstairs yeah. so they can uh, <laughs> have a better life here. And then, uh, so at the time living in the woodlands, so there's not a lot of uh, Asian food options now. There's a lot of places in the woodlands hopping, but at the time, there's not an option. So we will make dumplings. Uh just because very really hard to find good quality dumplings out there. And mm-hmm. then she us a recipe, she told us the story behind the recipe and then like they kinda of become our house recipe uh, moving forwards. So every time since I met Mike, we have a dumpling party, we have friends over. We will use the same recipe like my grandma taught me uh when we had parties and gathering and they, and not just becoming our dumpling juice mm-hmm. classic recipe that we use over and over again.
0: I love the You, you talked about story and, you know, you guys consider yourselves storytellers as you are providing the experience to your customers, whether it's at a party or, you know, however, however it is. Um, your story is such an unusual one. So, um, you know, not, and not just the fact that, you know, you were engineers and you decided to start a dumpling business and go for your passion, but, but you're, you know, you're an openly married gay couple right. um, in a world that, that sometimes does not accept openly married gay people. Right. So, you know, our, our voices matter is all about, you know, trying to help people see themselves in each other, see people's struggles and what people have had to overcome and how they've done that and how that shows up. In their lives today. So, Mike, I'm gonna ask you to to start this part of the conversation to talk about, you know, what are some of the, the challenges that you guys have had as a gay couple making the the decisions that you've made in both your business and your personal lives okay. I know it's a it's a big question it's a big question
1: (laughs) I think um all paths in life have their own challenges that are unique to their own paths but you know definitely our paths have faced some challenges together um you know one of the things that I've I've struggled with with my family a lot is um, acceptance with my family Uh, from an early age it's been tough to be gay in my family um so uh, going along with that, you know, and getting married and starting a business and all that, it's been tough to get a lot of support. I mean, they, they love the product and the food, but maybe not so much the message and, the you know, delivery of <laughs> all of it. So that's a challenge. But for us, I mean, it's us. This is what I've always wanted to do is own a business with my husband and, and do this for fun. So this is really something that's, that's great. So even though there are those challenges, you know, we really focus on, on all the good things and all of the people that are supportive. You know, we receive messages sometimes when we post about our stories. You know, and then some of them are, you know, they say, "Oh my gosh, you make me sick." Oh my gosh, you know, you should get off. You know, you should leave Houston. Oh my gosh, I mean, I'm a Houstonian. I love this place. I love Texas. I've lived, uh, you know, many places here in Houston and in Austin, and and so it's it's tough because you want to be here and home, and you want to be open, and you want to be with your family. And-
0: so how do you how do you respond to that when you get the trolls on social media and folks coming at you with that kind of? Um, hatred and vitriol, you know, what do you, how do you respond?
1: You know, luckily um, we really haven't had to. Luckily there are followers and people that answer before we even get a chance because we'll sit there and talk about, it. should we say something? Should we not? Should, you know, you deliberate because you do want to be able to stand up for yourself, right? But you don't want to mm-hmm. cross that line to be on the same side as them. Right. And so there was one, I'll let you tell the story about the, the guy's response. Why don't you Right. Yeah. So
2: um, it, it's, it's a challenge for sure because we post on LinkedIn Facebook and Instagram, and LinkedIn Mm -hmm. is actually the least friendly uh, channel for some reason. Uh, I guess because you don't have to be friends to see people's posts. So we we did a picture that's our anniversary, which is tomorrow, but it was last year. A picture of us, and I talk about being a star of family, we actually had to give up a big wedding. We have a very, very small wedding that has nine people, including the two of us (laughs) and our dog. So we can have the money to start a business as i have a picture of our wedding photos on there and then uh that triggers so many negative messages people would say you guys are gross this doesn't blow on linkedin this is a story that has nothing to do with dumpling even with how we started the company why and how we started a uh, business some people yeah. would say like wow well, <laughs> you can out of the country yeah. but in those times i always this is like when michelle obama actually helped me i would remember that when they go high you no, sorry when they go low you
0: try, go high.
2: So it's it's really just it takes a lot of courage to, to be out there. But at the same time, I always remember that maybe there are ten negative messages, but there are like a hundred great messages out there. And then then that's very that's very hard warming because we have a follower on my connection on LinkedIn. He reached out to me after the post and he said I work in oil and gas too, we haven't come out yet, we're afraid we're gonna get fired or not get promoted, but because we oppose, I'm gonna pro- I'm gonna propose to my husband, his husband now but I proposed to my, my boyfriend at the time. So he actually proposed that night and the next day and he sent me another message to say he said yes. <laughs> so he <laughs> just actually cherished like a happy woman
1: yeah. and like the negative one just, just yeah. ignore those and go away.
0: You
1: know, oh, gosh. Milestones with people, too. We had, um, we had a proposal here when we were teaching classes in person, and, and we got to, you know, spell Will You Marry Me and Dumplings with people and celebrate their lives with them. And so we focus on that, and that—I'm getting chills. <laughs> <laughs> me, too.
0: Me, <laughs> too. We do
1: this. You know, we made dumplings together. That was our first—that's how we introduced our friends to each other. He—I made dumplings with his friends. And I loved it so much. We did it with my friends like the next week. And so that's why we do it every year. And that's why we wanted to bring that experience. And so focus on community, friends, you know, that creativity, being pride in your community, that kind of stuff. So that's really our message. And we just kind of that as much as we can. And,
0: and connection. That's the other thing. That's a big part of your message that when I was, you know, doing my, my research for this interview um, you know, you guys talk about connection and bringing people together, and, and that's what, you know, I'm all about. That's what this podcast is all about. And I, I love the fact that, you know, someone, because you were vulnerable enough to put yourselves out there and share your story, knowing that you could get blowback, um, that because you did that, somebody else had the courage. To then stand in their truth and say, well, if Chi and Mike can do it, I can do it, and and I'm going to go for it. I mean, that has just got to be so, um, what, fulfilling to both of you to know that your story can have that kind of impact. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So um, Chi, I know that um, you, in one of the articles that I read uh, about you, you said that, you know, you basically lived in the closet for about 10 years or or longer in, in terms of your professional life and then also with your family dynamics. So talk a little bit about what that was like for you and and how and when you came out to your family
2: so i came out to my family after we met i mm-hmm. believe right after we met um coming out to my family is actually not as difficult um, my com- my family are pretty open-minded and my mom actually didn't take my dad's last name she said that she doesn't believe that the woman should change their last name for the guys why shouldn't it be the other way around so <laughs> <laughs> mean a lot in that way so i knew it's not going to be a big issue that uh killing them that so they were very very supportive Um, Mm -hmm. i'm very very blessed in that aspect my families are very supportive Mm -hmm. and they all love Mike like they love me uh that's beautiful because i feel like work you you kind of have to fit in in the corporate environment and then i always tell people that it's very different between fitting in and feeling belong,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right? Like yes aim to corporate, but I don't feel like I belong. Okay. Yeah. But a lot of time, I feel like the reason I was able to climb the corporate ladder, eventually become the director, is because I don't, because I know how to fit in. Mm-hmm. But they came with a price. The price is like I cannot be myself. I cannot even share anything that has to do with my. And, and it's a struggle that I face every day for the 10 years when I was working uh, with corporations. Mm-hmm. And it's only after that I came out and then I feel like I truly try to belong in there and, and, then, and then trying to see how people react to it. I did said, did,
0: did uh, the dynamic change in the workplace for you after you came out?
2: It changed, uh, yes, for, for the good and the bad, of course. Uh, one thing I do discover is it's a very, very conservative environment, especially oil and gas. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of time, I feel like I'm the first gay person that they know. That's number one. And the second thing is I'm the only gay person that's lived a happy, normal life that they didn't think that's what being gay is like. They think about gay, they probably have a different picture in mind on what being gay is. Right. So. Um, after I came out, a lot of my and we got married, all my, my coworkers now we received a lot of love, very, very warm message from people that you would not think would congratulate us. So so that's very very good. That also gave me the courage to, to to be more open about myself because I feel like a lot of time we even let people have a different view than you, but if you open heart to them, they will eventually open heart to you as well. Yeah. That definitely gave me a lot of hope. Uh, on our community and on people that surrounded us. Uh, the one thing I would do different though is that I waited 10 years to come out because I didn't feel like I was successful enough. I didn't feel like if I came out
0: really? as an engineer,
2: yeah. I feel like if I came, out as a new engineer, I came out as a senior engineer, I don't have enough credibility that people can easily oh. let me go. So I waited till I am a bit more higher up in the company and then I decided to make the, the, have have the courage to pay now, but in reality, I really think people should do that at any point of stage in their life. You shouldn't have to wait that long like I did because I was just very miserable for 10 years. That could just be like a year or six months.
0: How interesting. Wow. So was that, was your experience similar, Mike?
1: A little bit. Um, so my counterparts that I worked with were all very similar to my age. And so I think the mindset was a little bit different. Um, a lot of them, especially my, my immediate counterpart, we were very open with each other. Um, so he knew, we, I knew his wife, he knew she, all that stuff. And we went to their wedding, you know, uh, they would have come to ours if we'd invited them, you know, that kind of thing. But, uh, <laughs> it was, um, it was more the whisperings. That was really what, what turned me off. It would you would hear mm-hmm. things, you know, whispers behind closed doors and uh, uh, from people that you wouldn't think would say things. And then you're just kind of like, really? Okay. All right. Mental note. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just kind of keep going on with your work. I love my work. I love mathematics. I love engineering. I love chemistry. All that stuff. I mean, I still teach. I do. I mean, I, I tutor all that stuff. So it's, it's. I love the subject matter. It was just the social political climate of the environment that I didn't really care for. It, it's yeah. it's yeah. tricky because for work, for you to kind of climb the ladder, it's really all about
2: connections as well. Yeah. And then I would say that connection is not just how you perform at work, but how you able to connect with your boss, your boss's family or how you get connected with them after work. They might go play golf together, and they might have a barbecue together. And we know the fact that we will not be invited to L- Lowe's because who we are. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely something that I think people, they reach out to me whenever they have struggled, is what do they do beside work to make them still fit into the company culture, still be invited, still have mm-hmm. additional face time with the people that you work with. And I think that's- mm-hmm. the-
0: you know, you said something a, a, a moment ago, Chi, that really resonated with me because I I think this is is really at the core of um, how we get to know each other. It's you said that you know people were surprised that that you were just a normal guy, that you were just living oh. a normal life, yeah. like you know, like they didn't expect gay people to be normal, right, and and do the same kinds of things that heterosexual people do, or, um, you know, have the same wants, needs, you know, desires, goals, everything that every human has, right? It's like, like you have two horns or something, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, but that's so much of what it is, is just ignorance of what you think someone is like, or that whatever that label is. And then when you, you know, take, all of that stuff away and you just relate on a human level and you see, hey, guess what? I'm just like you.
1: Right. <laughs> exactly.
0: You know? that. I mean, I, I just think that that's at the at the core of it. I mean, do you, you guys agree with me on that?
1: Totally. I'm
2: I, 100%. Especially like the little stuff like couple do, right? Like I don't do dishes all the time. My gay man, you know? <laughs> and i everywhere, do it right? It's, it's, it's never something that's just, Coley gang, it's just the normal day-to-day yeah, normal stuff, stuff, stuff yeah. like we can to all, like, we are just real people, we have the same struggle as everybody else.
0: Right, honey, take out the garbage, right, right. honey, walk the dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> the, it's <laughs> the same.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: I actually have seen the dog kind of, you know, <laughs> racing in and out of the shot, That's so what's the dog's name? It's Connor. <laughs> Connor. <laughs> Connor, okay. Yeah okay and who who walks the dog most of the time uh,
1: walk, well it depends so we let him out we kind of take take turns but she typically takes them on long walks i'm typically taking naps with them so that's
0: okay gotcha yeah. gotcha
1: here so we do have a excel spreadsheet with like
2: this is somebody's responsibility and we got a ticket of
0: course you have an excel spreadsheet you're both engineers yeah. right <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. So what what is next for dumpling dudes? Um now that we're in 2021, uh of course we're still living in the age of COVID, in spite of the fact that we now have vaccines. We're gonna be still having to, you know, take all the precautions that we've had to thus far. Not out of the woods yet. What does this mean for your business as you're going forward? How are you how are you foreseeing 2021?
1: So you know, the big thing for us um, and how we got started kind of just to give you a little bit is doing the cooking class experience. And so we used to do it right here. We had uh, big tables here and we would teach right here in our home. Um, we moved over to the bulk ordering, which, again, we never thought we'd ever do. We tried it once and we hated it. But then when <laughs> I mean, COVID came over, like, all right, I guess we got to do it, you know. So at least we tried it, you know, kind of worked out some kinks. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now we're working on our virtual dumpling experience classes. We're um, really trying to get those. Uh, and they're becoming more popular. Um, we've been doing beer pairings with uh, St. Arnold's here in town as well. We did one for right before I guess we're on Halloween and then one during Thanksgiving and we're gonna do one for Chinese New Year, uh, coming up in February. So that's a big thing. And then I mean, if the everything works with the vaccines and everything, we really wanna get back to the virtual I mean to the in person classes at some point. So
0: Yeah. Okay. So the virtual classes, um, uh, tell our audience if they want to take a virtual class with Dumpling Dudes. And, of course, we'll link to everything in the show notes, but go for it. Give us your oh, pitch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, each box comes, it's a box for two, and it comes with two Dumpling Dudes aprons. You get a choice of blue, black, orange, or green right now. That's what we have. Um, it comes with uh, two fillings. Typically, it's our traditionalist filling, which is one we talked about earlier. Another one is our K-pop filling, which is, um, it's a bacon cheeseburger. It's got mozzarella cheese, bacon, mm-hmm. um, kimchi, what else, bulgogi sauce, (laughs) onions, Uh, it's really good. Uh, You guys are making
0: me hungry. (laughs) (laughs) You are totally making me hungry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) With uh, Seven colors of dough, Uh, individually wrapped, so you get get, um, each color of dough, so it's like an art class you can eat at the end, really. You get that, you get rolling pins, flour, a small thing of kimchi as well, uh, some chopsticks, some other stuff. And then uh, you get the box, come pick it up from us, we're in East Downtown. Right now we're not delivering at the moment yet, we're working on that too. Um, You get that and then you join us for a Zoom call for about two hours and we teach you how to fold the dough and how to cook as well. So we teach the pan-fry method and then we instruct people how to do uh, some other things as well too. So like I said, it's like an art class you get to eat at the end. It's great for a date night, great for a family night. We also do private events too, um, for like corporate team building events. We've got boxes for singles as well. We've had a couple. um, So really those are what we really wanna uh, start working on and get into.
0: So I have to ask: Are are dumplings good or bad for my waistline?
1: <laughs> we have some that are good
0: for the waistline. <laughs> you do what? Well, I want those. I'm coming off of this COVID pandemic <laughs> stuff and.
1: But you know, we're thing. all
0: every yeah, go one, ahead. Right.
1: The great things about dummies is you just have one or two, right? So
0: Oh yeah, right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've mean, no, never think of even just one or two.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So okay. So we won't worry about the waistline right now. We won't worry about that. So um Chi, what are you most looking forward to for, for this year and what what would you like to say to people to help us maintain a sense of optimism and and hope as we as we go forward in this new year, coming off of the dumpster fire of last year.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I
0: know, I know.
2: I got to redo my speech. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I always go back to this. So one thing when we first started, we try we want to be experience maker. Mm-hmm. We actually never set out to be a food maker or a dumpling mm-hmm. maker. Dumpling just so happened to be the vehicle that like mm-hmm. kind of bring everybody together. Yeah. And the reason we play dumpling is because of all the experience that we have uh, having dumpling parties with mm-hmm. other people. Yeah. Uh, so when right before I quit my job, I was very very sad. I was in a very very dark place, uh, very depressed, very unhappy. I still remember probably a couple of months before we left, we went to San Diego, went to uh, LA to the beach, went uh, the beach house. And then I remember in the morning, every day, every morning I walk over to the beach and I would just cry. I would just sit on the beach and cry and think about what's wrong with me, what's wrong with my life. And then so when we started our business, we said we want to create an experience. An experience that made people uh, enjoy life because that's what kind of got me out of the darkness. And has the people to be able to share with their friends and family and we'll be able able to create uh, new experiences. So, so that's why we, we're going to focus a lot still on um, making a great experience for people, including the virtual classes, including the standard classes, then people can share with the people they love and hoping that they'll be able to recreate the experience now they know how to make dumplings then they can bring some light to people's house and hopefully that will trigger down. Then they can their friends will make more dumplings and their friends of friends will make more dumplings even if they're <laughs> class. Uh, but I really just want to, I think life is all about experience. That's why we got into what we do. And I think twenty twenty-one is really there's so much experience we can probably try and that we didn't get to in twenty twenty. So I hope people will be just going out there virtually or in person to, to have new experience, to have new ver, uh new spiritual experience as well. And then just hoping that dumping just happened to be one experience <laughs> that picked. But in general we just want people to have great experience because I don't want anybody to be in the space I used to be. And then I think people deserve better in life and they, they have the power to do it too. If we are to engineer that can make dumping and make a living out of it, the sky is the limit. It is this really up to anybody and what they want to do in life as long as they bring enjoy and happiness.
0: I love that message and, and thank you for, for sharing, you know, that part of your life that was so difficult. Um, again, that's the kind of thing that somebody out there who's watching or listening to this is probably in a very dark place for any number of reasons and, you know, perhaps questioning him or herself, um, and, and the choices that they've made and the life that they're currently living and they're not sure how to get out of it. And clearly they can, you were able to do that. And, um, you know, I think I love your, um, your focus on experience. You know, you want people to have an experience because that's what life is about. It's about experiencing, you know, love and laughter and pain and heartache and all this stuff in between. And Mike, I see you nodding your head. So, <laughs> I mean, he's a tough act to follow. I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I gotta ask you, what, what do you got for us? What do you got for us, Mike?
1: <laughs> From that same vein, is kind of message for 2021, is that, uh, um, you know, 2020 was a unique year. I, I mean, it was a lot of hardship in the beginning. Um, I think the message for 2021 is to remember that nothing is permanent. The only thing constant is change. And if you can roll with the change, you can, you can easily get ahead of it. You, know, you, can, you can move around it and you can find ways to mitigate that and, and make something grow. You know, our example is we were going to get shut down and we turned to bulk ordering and then we had to hire new people. So we were able to offer people jobs, you know, things like that. You just never know what good is going to come out of some seemingly bad situation, right? We don't know if it's good. We don't know if it's bad. It's just what it is right now. So let's tackle it the way it is. You know, and I think if we can remember to kind of take that message inside and say, okay, I can change the things in my life as long as I kind of strip away all of these preconceived notions about the way I think things have to be. Mm-hmm. then you, this whole new path kind of opens up in front of us and you know, i often liken um entrepreneurship to walking through the wilderness you know you take small steps and small steps and small steps and you, you trip and you fall and you hit your head or whatever and you turn around and go like oh my gosh look at this trail i've i've come along even through all that hardship i turn around and i go wow i've come so far you know and i think if you just keep that with you that's a really powerful message
0: i love it and then when in doubt Eat
1: dumplings.
0: I love it. I love your message. I love the the your aura, your spirit. Both of you are just extraordinary, and I look forward to the day when I get to meet you in person and give you big hugs, Aww. and uh, and take your your dumpling class in person. But before then, I'm going to do the virtual class for sure. I'm thinking it might be a good. Um, Uh, Valentine's Day gift for my hubby.
1: Hi. We, yes, we. So, do. that's happening on Valentine's Day. So. Do
0: you really? So I, I probably need to sign up for it now that I've given other people <laughs> the idea, right? Save me a spot, would you? Yeah, got <laughs> you. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, I know people, so that's good. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys, so much. This has been such an enjoyable conversation for me, um, and I, I look forward to um, seeing you um, soon and wishing you the best of everything in twenty twenty. 21 and beyond, the Dumpling Dudes. <laughs> you guys are great. Uh, this
1: has been great. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I told you it was going to be fun. So I'd like to thank once again uh, our guests today, Chi Lin and Mike Dorsey, for sharing their their story and their zest for life. And I love the I love the. The words that they left us with toward the end about how to move into the future and, and the hope and optimism that they have for themselves and for all of us. So as always, I thank you, our listeners and viewers, for giving them permission to speak and for having the courage to listen with an open mind. We'll see you next time.